0: Hello and welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast. I'm Monica Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about the tribe we're building here at Major Gifts Fundraiser. We're working with people like you who wanna be among the very best in this field. You wanna accomplish great things. You wanna challenge yourself. You wanna grow and you are up for going on a journey because you know a journey is what it takes to become the very best version of yourself. If you're listening to this podcast because you know that in order to be a great fundraiser, you have to spend time thinking about how you'll be a great fundraiser. You can learn more about our new online training programs at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. And without further ado, here's Clark.
1: Buenos dias, mis amigos. Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope that you are having a great day. All right, I am. I am back home again in Alabama. Grateful. Uh, the endorphins the endorphins are flowing. I went on a 4 mile run um trail run in one of my favorite places in the world this morning and I'm just I'm just, I'm so thankful for the few months we had in California. I'm thankful to now be back in Alabama to get here just in time for fall our kids have a friend from California visiting and staying with us. We've got tickets to an Alabama football game coming up next month against Tennessee. Going to be a big game. All right. Today on the episode, I am addressing, I am addressing this topic at the request of. Okay. First of all, let me just say this. It is always a good idea to take your CEO's advice, if your CEO gives you like some direction, or, or if your CEO makes a suggestion, maybe it's not a suggestion. If your CEO gives you some advice, it's a good idea to listen. And if your wife gives you some advice, you should listen. And for me, these things go together because my wife is the CEO of Major Gifts Fundraiser. So I guess the topic today is at her request. But before I get into that, I've got two other things for you. All right. Um, First of all, I know a, a lot of nonprofits right now are starting to think about their end of year push or you may just call it your year-end appeal. Um, If you want to have the best year-end appeal that you have ever had, here's what we do with our clients. All right, so folks, I am recording this. It is August 31st, but the end of the year is coming, right? Um, It is August 31st. Today is the first day of September. Year-end is here, just about. Okay, here's what we do. October 31st. We pull the libunt list, right? Um, lie bunt, um standing for last year, but unfortunately not this year. So you pull that list of everyone who, who gave last year, but has not yet given this year. And the goal over the month of November is to make names magically disappear. How, how are you going to perform your magic? Um, November is just gratitude month. We are just exuding gratitude. And that all builds towards the crescendo moment of the month of November. And that is Thanksgiving. And you know what happens by the time we get to the end of November? At the end of November, we pull that light button list again. And names have just magically disappeared. Because people are attracted to grateful people. And so if you just do a really good job of exuding gratitude, people are gonna give to you without you even asking. But there will still be names, right? The end of November, you're gonna run that list again. There's still gonna be names on that live button list. Um, Now this year we have a little bit earlier Thanksgiving. So um, uh, Giving Tuesday will occur still in the month of November this year. But then we have Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday, I just gotta say this, and if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you've heard me say this before. Giving Tuesday is not a reason to give to your organization. Giving Tuesday is not your case, all right? You present a case, you give people a reason to give, and Giving Tuesday is the forcing function. That's all it is. Um, and when we put together these little micro campaigns around Giving Tuesday, your year-end appeal is tied to that, and that is how you have your most successful end of year ever. All right, and you're going to have your best year ever in terms of retaining donors. That is the formula. You can do it on your own. I've given it to you, but, of course, you can work with us, and we will do it with you. And if you would like us to do it with you, now is the time to email me, Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That is Clark at Major gifts fundraiser.com. The other thing I'll mention, right, because what I'm basically talking about here is that you can work with us for the final two months of the year. Um, The other thing I'll just briefly mention right now is how would you like to work with us for 365 days? We call it Development Office 365. We'll map out an entire year and walk through the entire year with you we can't take the steps for you, but we can take them with you, and we would love to take them with you. All right, so I saw this thing yesterday. i uh, shared it with my kids last night, um, and I'm going to share it with you right now. Here it is. Okay, are you ready? Listen to this. Surround yourself with relentless humans. People who plan in decades, but live in moments. Train like savages, but create like artists. Obsess in work, relax in life. People who know this is finite, but play infinite games. Find people scaling mountains. Climb together. All right, listen to that again, all right? Uh, People who plan and Okay, wait, wait, let me start over. Surround yourself with relentless humans, people who plan in decades but live in moments, train like savages but create like artists, obsess in work, relax in life, people who know this is finite but play infinite games, find people scaling mountains, climb together. I love that thought. So let's do great things together. So again, email me, clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. All right, and that quote is a great segue into um, what well, my lovely wife and brilliant wife and the CEO of Major Gifts Fundraiser has asked me to talk about today, and that is the levels of fundraisers. What level are you? All right, and this is this is my challenge to you. And I'm I'm asking you right now to be honest with yourself for a moment. And I would invite you to reach out to me and to be honest with me and I will listen with zero judgment. If we are to be honest with ourselves, right? Every now and then we have to say, right? I'm not yet where I want to be. And and sure there are moments of achievement Right? Moments when we feel really good about who we are and what we have accomplished. And my hope for you, I hope that you are able to be in a place where you are able to say, like, yes, you're like, I hope you're able to say, as, as I can say, I am able to say, um, I am really happy with who I am, but I am not yet satisfied with who I am. Right? Isn't that awesome? Like, don't you want to be able to say that? And and then if you're not yet satisfied with with who you are, what are you going to do about it? All right. So I have had four years, what I call my levels of fundraisers. I've been talking about this for at least 10 years. I have six levels of fundraisers, with level six being a peak performance fundraiser. All right. We also refer to this level six as a as a trusted advisor fundraiser. Um, But let's start with level one and let's see what level you are at. Um, A level one fundraiser, all right? A level one fundraiser. Um, And I would say that most people in the development field are level one. All right, the vast majority of the people in the field of development are level one fundraisers. Um, Level one fundraisers don't actually have donor meetings, or they rarely have meetings. Um, They go to Rotary Luncheons. They represent the organization at events. They glad hand at alumni banquets. They may give a presentation to a group of business leaders. They may write some grant request or submit a proposal. They organize a raffle. Um, They're out there right? They're like, they're doing stuff. And it's not necessarily bad stuff. But they never actually, or they rarely actually sit down in the living room or in the kitchen or in the office of a donor. And again, this is the vast majority of the people in this field. So if that is you, like, don't, don't feel bad. You're like, You're the vast majority of the people in this field and and there's certainly enough of these kinds of things that you that you could be doing that would keep you busy okay so those are level one fundraisers all right is that you um but level two fundraisers do something just a wee bit different level two fundraisers actually meet with donors they call up a donor and they say hey Let's have coffee. And they go meet at a coffee shop or they even better and they would go sit in the donor's kitchen or the donor's living room or the, or the donor's office. I call I call these meetings tea and cookies meetings and they're they're good insofar as they go. They, they OK, guys, this is level two, right? There's three, four, five, six. So there's more. But man, like good for these fundraisers for actually being in someone's living room. This is a development officer who is smart enough to know that they should be meeting with donors. Uh, this development officer isn't necessarily very, very strategic, but I call it, and early in my career, uh, like I wasn't good at a lot of things, but I was good. I, I knew this much. I was supposed to be in front of donors And I call it getting in the way of success. And I can recount stories of getting in the way of success before I learned anything that had to do with being a level three, four, five or six fundraiser. Um, But just by being in people's living room, you get in the way of success. Success is like a river, it's flowing. And if you just get out of your office, you can't help but get hit by it. You get swept up in that river. And again, you don't even have to be good because when we are in the living rooms, when we are in the kitchens, when we are in the offices of our donors, good things happen. So you can be among the best fundraisers by simply being a level two fundraiser. All right. If this is you, if you are a level two fundraiser, I bet you're sort of a rock star in your office. Like you have a good reputation and you are good, like your organization doesn't want to lose you. like Because you are getting in the way of success, you just go sit with people and you talk. And they hand you checks. But this is just level two. All right, a level three fundraiser. Okay, now we are really moving into the upper echelons. Like seriously, these are level three fundraisers are rare. Level three fundraisers ask strategic questions, and they listen the gift. All right, because level two fundraisers and and yes, level two fundraisers are some of the best. But level two fundraisers, just sort of, they show up and they see what happens. They see where the conversation goes. Um, they may have a pitch. And at some point they may make a pitch and they may even be good at making their pitch. But a level three fundraiser knows that it is far easier to help someone accomplish their own goals in life than to try to convince someone else to help you accomplish yours. So here's what a level three fundraiser does. They ask strategic questions that help them figure out how the personal life mission of the donor dovetails with the institution's mission. All right, that, like that's it. And they're professionals. They prepare for meetings by doing things like, right, they, they may not do exactly what we do. All right? We have a process that we walk our clients through. I have a checklist that I can send to you to help you prepare for meetings. And when I am coaching uh, one of our clients, we go through this process. Um, I walked through this process with a college president yesterday, helping him prepare for a meeting. And the process is this is what we do before every meeting. It's just getting our head in the game. We start out very basic. What type of meeting is this? Discovery, cultivation, solicitation, or stewardship. Every meeting we do is identified by one of those four things discovery, cultivation solicitation stewardship. I then ask myself what is my best possible outcome and what is my minimum acceptable outcome? And then what are the two or three strategic questions that I want to ask in this meeting right What are the gaps that I need to fill in in terms of understanding this donor and what will motivate them to give All right a, a level three fundraiser is considering, donor listening preferences so they can they don't have a pitch right they can tailor a pitch based upon the listening preference of the donor they're meeting with today and the time will come for pitching and again um, we have a tool for understanding your own listening preference which is important because we all tend to speak in our own personal listening preference And we have a tool for understanding the listening preference of your donor. So we we want you to, at some point, you're going to make a pitch. And we want you to make that pitch in your donor's language, right? Um, And we have a checklist we use for preparing for meetings. And so when it's time to write the report for the donor file after the meeting, you just go through that checklist. And you, right, we asked before the meeting, what was your best? Possible outcome, what was your minimum acceptable outcome? Now when you're filling in the report, you just write what was the actual outcome, right? Um, hey, we before the meeting, you figured out what were your two or three strategic questions that you needed to ask. So for the report, it's what were their answers to those strategic questions? Um, what are any other big things that came up in the meeting that you want to get down in the file to make sure you remember? And then the last thing we do, and we make we make every Development officer we work with do this when filling out a report, is we make them answer the question: what percent of the meeting did you talk versus what percent did you listen? Right. And so, um, right, actively listening, not just the donors talking happening to you, but you are actively listening. So we just fill out that that uh that line because level three fundraisers, and these are upper echelon fundraisers. We're in the top 10 percent here. Our level three fundraisers know that they have to listen to gift that they have to get the donor talking. and we are shooting for a score of about 2575. They want to be talking only 25 percent of the time and actively listening by asking good strategic questions. The donor should be talking about 75 percent of the time. So a level three fundraiser is strategic, right? They ask strategic questions. You can can email me to get a copy of my favorite strategic questions, but they ask strategic questions and they listen to gift. That is a level three fundraiser. And obviously there's a lot more that goes into being a level three fundraiser, right? These are professionals. And yeah, we're talking top 10% at level three. Um, Level four. Level four fundraisers are askers. They ask for the gift. And remember, I I have worked with and there are some level three fundraisers who I admire, but they're never going to be level four because they're not askers. Um, Level four fundraisers are askers. They ask for the gift. Now, this is different. Let me just clarify here. Uh, lots of level two fundraisers ask for gifts but not like a level four fundraiser um you can't be a level four fundraiser and skip level three right lots of people ask for gifts lots of lots of twos ask for gifts but a level three fundraiser or I'm sorry a level four fundraiser has already mastered level three so you you can't skip. All right, you, you can't jump. Uh, a level four fundraiser is strategically asking for gifts. They ask for gifts of donors who are well cultivated. They're not just throwing something against the wall and hoping it'll stick. But I, I know lots of level three fundraisers who will never become level four fundraisers because they're just not they're not willing to go there. But I'm telling you, a gift at the proper level Will not be given unless you ask. All right. The noble call of fundraising is that we are there to help our donors become the very best versions of themselves. We are we are like a life coach to our donors, and our donors become the best versions of themselves. Not got to make sure I'm strong on this point. Our donors become the best versions of themselves not because they give us money. It's not it. The best coaches in all areas of life, they help us become the best versions of ourselves by pushing and prodding and challenging us. And at some point, your job as a fundraiser, if you want to be a level four fundraiser, if you want to be a good life coach to your donors, at some point, your job as a, as a fundraiser is to push and prod and challenge a little bit, right? That's why we sometimes refer to this gift, right? This ask as a stand on your tiptoes gift. You're asking your donor to do something bigger, to, to uh, do something bigger than they ever would have thought of on their own to reach a little higher, right? To go further than they they thought they could go because you, their life coach, you're challenging them. And there's some drama to this. And you, like you should feel it. Your donor should feel it. Like as you approach the ask, you should feel like this is a moment. Something is happening, right? Like this is a special time. And I absolutely love these moments with my donors it's awesome and it's beautiful all right level five right level five there is a difference there is a difference between an asker and a closer level four fundraisers ask for the gift level five fundraisers know how to close so we have what we call our four closing questions the process we walk Donors through after we have asked for the gift. So is it the cause? Is it the project? Is it the amount? Is it the timing? Of course, I don't say, I don't say that to the donor. Is it the cause? Is it the project? Is it the amount? Is it the timing? No, I, I have a way I walk through those questions. Um, we deal with objections, we we empathize, we use feel, felt, found, right? So I I understand how you feel. Others have felt the same way. Let me tell you what they found. Um, My mentor, the late great Gerald Panis, once said, A gift at the proper level won't be made until every concern, no matter how inappropriate or trivial is satisfied. If you don't respond to all possible objections, you're not going to get the gift at the level you want. All right, one thing I want to say about closing a gift. A lot of great a lot of great fundraisers. And these these are great fundraisers. Um they think that the gift sequence is ask, cultivate or no, uh, I'm sorry. They think the sequence is this, cultivate, ask, deal with objections, close, right? That sounds like a logical sequence, right? Cultivate, ask, deal with objections, close. Like that's a really good fundraiser, right? If you're going through all those steps. But the sequence at its best is really cultivate, deal with objections, ask, final objections, close. Because if we are asking, good strategic questions we we should be unearthing and dealing with objections before we ask for the gift and the objections that come up after the ask they're usually not serious objections it's usually that the donor is not yet ready to say yes and they'll bring up these minor objections or things that you've already dealt with in the past and they're just bringing them up again um, I don't want to say they're not serious, but the, you, you've got to go through your four closing questions now, right? Is it the is it the cause? Is it the project? Is it the amount? Is it the timing? You should be dealing with objections before you make the ask. Um, but but go through this process, all right? The very best fundraisers have studied closing, and they have embraced the tension of closing. Because these talks, as you're walking through the four closing questions, um, there is a tension. But becoming the people we want to become requires. It requires that we be uncomfortable. That's where the growth is for the donor and for you. Like If you want to be in the top 5%, you you've got to ha- you got to deal with some discomfort on your way to that which brings us now to level 6 all right um these are peak performance fundraisers trusted advisor fundraisers peak performance fundraisers let me just emphasize this they have mastered the previous five all right like that's that's it like there's there's no skipping Right, they have mastered the previous five. They've gone to rotary meetings. They've sat in lots of living rooms. They have got in the way of success. They are disciplined. Fun, uh, I should say, disciplined professionals. They prepare for meetings. They listen to gift. They have a burning desire to succeed. Um, energy, uh, empathy, energy, enthusiasm—the three E's. They have a burning desire to succeed. They show a strong competitive drive. That is not aimed at competitors, but at finding new ways to serve the donor. They consistently focus on doing the next right thing. What is the next right thing? Rather than specific outcomes. Uh, I was coaching a fundraiser this week and the fundraiser wanted to ask a donor for a, it was a very large gift. Very large gift he was about to ask for. I was trying to figure out why like whoa where did this come from why do you want to make this ask are you and I'm like are you making this ask because you need the money because you have deadlines or because this is the next right thing for this donor and his honest answer to that question right he was honest i like get it, it wasn't the next right thing for the donor that that was a good answer like we got to ask ourselves like ask yourself that question before you you make a big ask is this the next right thing for the donor um peak performance fundraisers believe successful donor relationships are tied to an accumulation of quality experiences and they are in relationship with their donors they don't have to pull a list of donors in order to think of them because they wake up in the morning thinking about them all right i'm not talking donor number 115 on your list but there are two or three or four donors and these donors are among the most important people in your life now when i say that when i say these donors are among the <clears throat> they're among the most important people in your life. Um, some people will clarify and they'll say, you mean in your professional life? And if that's you, if you just said that, you are not a peak performance fundraiser. Yeah, sure, right? There's there's a line between our personal and professional lives. And I would encourage you to take time to unplug, to get away, to give space to those things in your life, those things that you value, um if you've listened to this podcast for a while you know I'm a passionate fundraiser I have other passions I'm a passionate family man I'm a passionate athlete and adventurer right so I'm I'm not saying to to like your whole life should be your work but a peak performance fundraiser your work is a calling and these values that your organization embodies those are your values And you have two or three, maybe even four donors on your list. Those are their values too. And they've gone all in with you. They've given big gifts because they share your values. And those donors, you know their birthday and you know when their anniversary is. In fact, you went to their 50th wedding anniversary. and You know their kids and you know what kind of pizza is their favorite pizza. Um, These are the kind of people like, this has happened to me in my life when I've I've had these donors pass away, and I've I've cried, I've shed tears, I've I've been the the right, I've been the like what's what's the word I can't the executor of estates. I've had donors give me their family Bible, passed on other mementos to me, like. Because they're the most important people in my life. Peak performance fundraisers ask for gifts because my best friends, people who really care about me, are people who ask me to do things that challenge me in a peak performance fundraiser, right? You are a life coach to your donors. You are occasionally pushing or prodding, asking questions, asking for a gift because you are helping your donor. You are serving your donor right? Asking is a form of serving. You're trying to help them live out their own values to coach them along, to spur them along, to be all wrapped up in a cost together. And the money is the least interesting part. That's a peak performance fundraiser. So, right. Okay. That list, where are you at? All right. So I started this conversation with a challenge to you right I'm asking you to be honest with yourself for a moment and and I would invite you this is an invitation right it's an invitation for you to reach out to me and to be honest with me and I will listen with zero judgment and I'll just say that the race is long and in the end it is only with yourself So in this quiet moment of self-assessment, where are you at and what do you need to do next? And I will remind you, I can't take the steps for you, but I can take them with you. All right. That's it. Level six levels of fundraisers. Where are you at? Uh, if If you are ready to level up as a fundraiser, I would like, hey, this podcast is a way that you level up, right? This is you um refining your thinking and your thinking matters a lot right if you've listened to this podcast for a while like you you've probably heard me talk about it. guard your thoughts for your thoughts determine your actions but if you want to level up in a serious way like you should enroll in peak performance fundraising right which is our our uh, virtual training program you can go through the, the program on your own Watch the modules on your own, go through the program on your own, or you can work with me as a coach to actually guide you through the program. Uh, I am here to help you become the best version of yourself. As a fundraiser, but we, we may talk about some other stuff too. Um, you can learn more about peak performance fundraising at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Of course, you can always email me, Clark at MajorGifts.com. Clark at major gifts, fundraiser.com because I care about you as a human being. So shoot me an email and, and tell me, where are you at? Where are you rocking it? Where are you struggling? Where do you feel overwhelmed? Hey, and if you want to, I love this stuff, guys. I love it. Some of you know, I write a few years ago. I don't know how many, it's been a while now. It's kind of crazy to me. Um, 2016 is when I started the journey and lost 100 pounds. You want to talk to me about fitness? Let's talk fitness. I are in ultra marathons now. All right. I've said it many times before, but I'll say it again. Right? Thank you. Sincerely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak into your life. It is an honor and a privilege and a sacred thing. So seriously, thank you. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for listening, have a great day.
0: All right, Monica here again. If you like what you heard on this podcast, you'll love our online training programs. You can complete our online training programs at your own pace and you can watch or listen to them from any device. And unlike that last conference you attended, The challenge questions and action steps that come with each of our modules will give you concrete things you can do today to level up as a fundraiser. You'll raise more money than ever before by developing deeper donor relationships than you ever thought possible. So head over to majorgiftsfundraiser.com to buy now. Thanks for listening.